1: Hello, this is the Game Day Preview podcast from Talksport. For some, it may be the winter break, but not for us hardy souls wading through a frozen, frosty fog filled February with power and strength like Alan Sam Maximam. Uh, although not sure we have that level of finish, um, that's taken on greater significance since this week a truncated fixture program, but a chance to look more in depth at Manchester City's meltdown. Well, it's got to be a meltdown, hasn't it? Because it's 2020 and they've lost two games in a row, so that's definitely a meltdown. Crikey, if that's a meltdown, imagine what West Ham's scenario is. They're in real trouble. But then again, we knew that anyway, didn't we? But who's really to blame? We speak to Aaron Ramsdale, who says his teammates are all in tune. Plus, we look at whether cherries are blossoming again. And now that the walking wounded are hobbling back into the team. Brighton fought back from three goals down at West Ham last week, but they really do face a fight to stay in the league. And we start the weekend at Goodison Park, where Everton take on Crystal Palace. Plus, we've also got a quiz today. Keep listening. This is Game Day Premier League preview show. And in the pod this week, Alex Crook is back. Hello, how are
2: you? I'm good, looking forward to the quiz. Yes, you love a quiz, don't you? I like it. Now,
1: remember, we are trying to create good radio stroke audio material here, so this is not just about you winning, because you do get very competitive. (laughs) It's all about winning, absolutely. It gets very sweaty, very fiery, and very loud during a quiz, don't you? So you can look forward to that? (laughs) Yeah. Danny Gabadon is here, too, a delicious-looking fellow. Thank you. You'd have got chatted up at this funeral I went to yesterday. Really? Yeah, lovely lady in her 70s, very regal, very graceful, started chatting away to me over the sandwiches, and she said to me, oh, you're very handsome. <laughs> Clearly eyesight fading. But she was, she was really sweet. She was really sweet. I liked it. We had a long chat, loves football, big Tottenham fan, and as I was about to leave, she said to me, uh, I must say I think you're delightful. Of course, I was <laughs> blushing at this time. She said, I thought as soon as I saw you, he must have been a male model. <laughs> and then the punchline in his youth
3: (laughs) just killed you at the end
1: (laughs) she gave with one hand and then ripped it away
3: cheers (laughs) I used to play for West Ham so she wouldn't fancy me uh, she's a Tottenham fan uh,
1: let's get on to the big game Andinho gets a touch on it, turns it round the corner, comes back to Bernardo Silva, cleared off the line, and then hits it to the goal by Gundogan, and three goals are up for
0: Manchester City. Fredericks delivers in towards Alè, it's a sensational second goal! Ball by Gundogan to find Gabriel Jesus, who curls it into the top corner. Despite the hand of Jordan Pickford, he couldn't keep it out. And Manchester City, right on cue, six minutes into the second half, it's Gabriel Jesus. Noble on the edge of the penalty area. And Cario!
1: Manchester City dominated at Tottenham last week and they still lost. They lost to Manchester United at home despite creating enough chances to win the game as well. They've dropped 24 points already this season which is eight more than the whole of last season and reports are that Pep is ready to tear this team up and start again. Uh, Centre back is an issue obviously. Everyone said that at the beginning of the season. It's too light. They haven't got enough cover in that area but Pep, City, Soriano, whoever it is who's in charge of recruitment they thought they could cope. And that looks a little bit foolish now, doesn't it? As does the lack of real leaders in the group, which was vacated by Vincent Company. But does that go to the wider view that Pep doesn't like big characters, which is something that was said by Zlatan Ibrahimović and Thierry
2: Henry, or is that too simplistic? I think they just got complacent and, and comfortable. I mean, if, if you've won the league by a point, as they did last season, against a Liverpool side who only lost one game all season, you really need to strengthen from your position of power Uh, that's what Sir Alex Ferguson was so good at doing at Manchester United. Every couple of seasons, he would regenerate the squad, even if they just won it. We all remember that summer when he bombed out Hughes, Kanchelskis and Ince, and people thought he was mad, and obviously had the kids coming through. They didn't do enough in the summer for me. They didn't replace company, as you've said. And I do think there's a certain amount of arrogance on the part of Pep Guardiola that he didn't think they needed a centre-half. He thought, oh, we can just stick Fernandinho there. We'll be okay. Actually, if you watch the Manchester City game closer... The two goals that they conceded to Spurs, both of them, uh, he was at fault, Fernandinho. Clearly, he's a well-cast player in midfield by a proper defender and I'm sure they would have run Liverpool a lot closer. I think it's been a real... I put this on Twitter. Is this the worst defence of a title in Premier League history? Uh, People threw Blackburn at me. What about Chelsea? Chelsea were thrown at me as well. Leicester, of course, but... I don't think any of those sides were considered in the same vein as Manchester City. The fact they've been so poor this season and so timid in giving up their title, I think there's a definite case to answer for Pep Guardiola. If they go out the Champions League early... I think he could be in real trouble.
1: Well, he he deserves criticism, doesn't he? And I think he sometimes get away with it because his disciples suggest that he can walk on water. Taking Aguero off and putting on Cancelo at 1-0 down. At Wolves in the Cup, he made some odd choices from the off. In the Carabao Cup, second leg against Manchester United. I mean, I thought he played a rather arrogant formation. Mm. And I remember texting you at the time saying... I'm going to back Manchester United in the game because, in terms of, with with my own hard cash, because I just thought, you can't play with one defender and think that you're going to get away in a derby without conceding a goal.
3: I thought it was very strange. Sometimes he tries to be too different. And look, it's, you know a lot of the time, it will come off and he comes up with some kind of masterstroke um, things tactically at times. But, but he does deserve criticism at times as well uh, with some of his... Um, decisions that he makes in big games um do you think he but, started
1: but, to believe in the whole guardiolaism <laughs> you know like it's some sort of i do think religion. he
3: is trying to do something different to what every other football manager is doing it's, it's more than just about winning with him it seems it's still kind of the way you win it's about kind of leaving some kind of legacy i think about you know style of football when when he eventually calls it a day as a manager. I think that's how he kind of looks at things. And but, he should
2: be
1: credited for that because he has pushed everybody yeah. in the direction of travel of playing better, more beautiful football.
3: Yeah, but I think there is an argument. I think, as Alex said there, um, you probably do have to freshen the team up in certain areas um, after the back of success. Cause I think there's such an intensity to Pep as well. I think the players find it, you know, after this you know, probably your know, second, third season... It could almost kind of grate on you a little bit, if that's a, the right way of kind of putting it. He's, he's so intense with everything. You know, you look at the way he's kind of certain players have maybe been treated, John Stones at the minute. Um, like Leo Sani doesn't want to sign a new contract. It is his way, I think, or the highway kind of thing. You yeah. know, this is what I want. I don't want you deviating away from the plan kind of thing. Um I do think maybe after two or three seasons of that, even if you're getting success. It can be kind of difficult for the players as well. Um,
2: I don't think Sergio Aguero plays particularly with a smile on his face at the moment. Just you say he was hooked off Mm. um, against Tottenham? I think he was going to be taken off anyway because Gabriel Jesus was prepared to come on even before the sending off of Zinchenko. So, Yeah. yeah, I think Danny's got a point. I don't know if this Manchester City team are enjoying playing for Pep Guardiola. And I think that's coming across now in their results. Both teams have scored in seven
1: of City's 12 home league games this season. So you'd think there was every chance, actually, that West Ham could get on the score sheet until you remembered that it was West Ham, (laughs) who I said last week, and I, and I, I may have appeared a little bit bold when I said they'd be relegated, but nothing I saw last Saturday, especially at the back, changed my mind in that regard. Their next few pictures have been well discussed. They are incredibly difficult. They will be ensconced in the bottom three by the time we get to the end of March. I'm, I will guarantee that to you. Do they have enough to get out of it?
3: I'm worried. I really am. Uh, for that main reason, really, Samuel, you mentioned here, defensively all season, really, they've they've been. I mean, really the Pascal poor. Gross goal yeah, was the most
1: calamitous thing. Was I that the I've diving header seen. from Od yeah. Bonner? I mean was it there was five mistakes. Yeah. Masuaka <laughs> just kicks it up in the air against <laughs> one of his own defenders. <laughs> and then they that, the ball bounced twice before someone takes charge. Yeah. And then there's the diving header, which isn't really a diving yeah. header with about as much strength as uh, a cup of tea who's had a little dip from the old tea bag. Yeah. And that's it. Or weak orange squash. Or we- <laughs> weak orange squash. Yeah. That,
3: that's the issue. Two parts water,
1: <laughs> one pot. Yeah. In, in a you nutshell, know the story.
3: lack of leadership there at the back. There's no leadership. You know, Decision making from defenders has been poor all season long. Um, you know, when you're in that position where you're down the bottom, you're struggling for results, you get yourself into a position where you're 3-1 up. If that's me as a defender and you're lacking a bit of confidence because you're in a winning situation which you haven't been used to very much, you just go back to basics. It's game management. If the ball drops, you, you stick it as high in the stand as you yeah. can. You you don't take any chances. But the, the nervousness is all over the place, yeah. isn't
1: it? I mean, you're 2-0 up and then 3-1 up. But ultimately, Fabianski gets Brighton back into the game with, I don't know if it was supposed to be a punch or what, it was supposed mm. to be a high five. Uncharacteristic from him. Yeah. He doesn't usually make those
3: sorts of mistakes,
1: yeah. which sort of suggests that it's catching, isn't it? Yeah, well, I...
3: I suggest whether he's actually hundred percent fit as well. I think it's kind of knees rest mm. with him yeah, playing. Yeah, they're in rushing the someone back because yeah.
1: you're desperate.
3: And even David Moyes, I think nerves, nervous us with him. Three went up, they they change system. They go to a five at the back. They take Suchek off, the new signing who did okay. Yeah, um, Antonio came off. Um, and for some reason when he's not involved or playing you know West he, just, he makes them look a, a totally different team he comes off they go to five of a batch. They can't play 90 minutes the 3-1 yeah no. which is the only problem at the minute uh, you got, it's, uh, not uh, the, it's not the only well, not problem not the only problem <laughs> <laughs> you've got Jared, you got Jared
1: Bowen problem, actually. from the <laughs> yeah. championship 16 goals already this season Thomas Suchek you've mentioned has arrived too is it too much to ask for those two players to turn <laughs> their fortunes big around
2: ask, big ass. I'm not convinced by the, the Bowen no, signing no, for that I that like though. Bowen I think he's
1: a very good player
2: my issue with Bowen is is, and I, obviously, I was on deadline day duty for Talk Sport. That deal took an age to get yeah, over the why line. because did? he didn't want to go there. I know for a fact his agent was on the phone to Newcastle on the Pleading. afternoon on deadline day yeah. saying, come on, make a bid. And, and they thought he was overpriced. But if your agent is trying to find you a move to another club hours before you're going to sign on the dotted line, yeah. I don't think that's the type of character you need in a relegation battle. No. I think he has all the I disagree, assets that I West with Ham that. need. I think
1: actually he is exactly the character you want in a relegation battle. doesn't want to
2: be there, really. Well, no,
1: I, forget that. One side for a second, but first of all, let's focus on the fact that he is quite a, an excellent, energetic scrapper and then he, he gets hold of the ball, he takes it by the scruff of the neck. I saw him in a game against Middlesbrough earlier in the season, they were 2 0 down. He decided that uh, 10 down uh, against 10 men, Middlesbrough decided to grab the ball by the, the uh, scruff of the neck, ended up getting a draw out of the game. He's got that about him, he's a, he's a dogged character. You're right to say that he didn't want to go there. I, if I was advising him, I wouldn't have sent him to West Ham either because I don't think if you're going to make up the, the step to the Premier League for the first time, this is how you want to do it. I don't think it's the right I don't think it's the right move for him as a player really. Look, they've no. won 3 of their last 12 Premier League away games this season so uh, there's not much chance of them getting anything at Manchester City.
3: The worst thing that could have happened was Man City losing mm. the way they did as well they don't last lose weekend. Two in a row they're they're going to be angry. They're going to be angry and West Ham are going to are going to cop the brunt of that anger and I don't even want to think about what the score might be. I really don't.
1: Good luck David. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to Brighton against Watford. Now, eight points separate Leicester in third and Chelsea in fourth. Eight points separate Arsenal in tenth and Watford in 19th. How odd is that? Uh, Such is the constituted nature of the Premier League this season that the relegation six-pointers are not few and far between. Uh, This is arguably the big one of the weekend, actually, isn't it? Faltering Brighton, who showed great character, fighting back from 2-0 down against woeful West Ham, uh, against a Watford side who threw away a two-goal lead at home to Everton. Um, Now, what's happened at at Brighton? One win in 11 games.
2: Yeah, we touched upon this uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I'm a big fan of Graham Potter. Um, I like him as a person, I mean, he showed tremendous bravery last week. Oh to... yeah,
1: we had a little bit of a ding-dong about it, didn't it? Because you were saying how great they all were and they were playing nicer football and I was saying, yeah, but points are quite important.
2: Yeah. Um, at the moment, you've been proved right, but... Um, <laughs> Still a long way to go. There is a long way to go and, and for me, he's made a crucial change at the weekend. Glenn Murray Glenn back in Murray's the team. Glenn back. And, and, and I think, again, during that chat, I did say if you've got Glenn Murray, a player who over the course of his Brighton career has guaranteed goals and mm. you're struggling for goals, Mopé's lost a bit of confidence why would you not stick him in the team? They've stuck him in the team, they've given him a new contract this week, and I think he could make the difference between staying up and going down. It's amazing yeah. for me that they ignored him for so long.
3: It's almost like he's admitted that he got that wrong, yeah. I think. Um, coming into the club, obviously he had his ideas, I think, about how he wanted to play. He obviously thought Glenmo, he wouldn't really suit that. Obviously signed Morpey, who's done okay. Um, but no surprise really, comes into the team and any scores, you know what you're going to get with him. Mm. As I've played with him at Crystal Palace and... He knows where the goal is. He gets in the in the right place at the right time. He occupies defenders. He holds the ball at well. He's, he's, he's a good all-around striker.
2: Um, great lad as well in yeah, terms of character in the dressing room. Yeah, great room.
3: character in the dressing room and you know, has that experience that you need in these kind of situations. So. Well, one
1: of their big problems, though, has been conceding so many goals of late as well. Yeah. How do
3: they sort
2: that out? Well, that's the other change that he needs to make because, yeah. again, if you look at their first two years in the Premier League, their best two players, apart from Murray, have been the center half. Duncan Duffy. And he's ignored Duffy because... The whole Paul season, he's didn't he? He's yeah. more of a kick it away central defender than someone who can play out from the back as Potter wants. But I think you need all hands on deck now. You need you need that type of character. He's not fit at the moment. My suggestion is when he is he goes straight back into the team and then they reform at axis. And again, I think they'll give themselves a chance of staying up.
1: I've always been a bit sceptical about the goalkeeper. One, I think he's too short and two, I think he makes a lot of mistakes. I know he does make saves as well, but I think he makes a lot of mistakes. You've always been quite sort of pro-Matt, Ryan. Um, is is he good enough really for a Premier League team?
2: I think at the end of last season when they were, when they were scraping to stay up, he made some crucial saves. You might be right on the height thing but I've leveled that at Jordan Pickford in the past I don't think in this day and age you need to necessarily be 6 foot 7 to to be a Premier League goalkeeper Mm. again I keep coming back to the word character he's your typical bullish Australian he's brought into the philosophy of Brighton, the city and the club since he's got there I think it'd be foolhardy to drop him now, I really do.
1: We've talked about goalkeepers in the last section of this programme, we've quite a sort of focus on those. And we've also got a great quiz upcoming, so stick around for that. Alex is very excited. Let's talk about what for then, the second lowest scorers in the division, but deni has made a real difference to them. He brings a sort of balance to the force, doesn't he? He's the sort of glue from which everything else is, is bound together. Top
3: goal scorer already, I mean how many games did he miss as well with injuries come back in coincided with Nigel Pearson getting the job five goals top goal scorer, as you say Sam your goals have been an issue for them all season I think it's just important for them to kind of refocus really because Pearson's done a really good job coming kind of got instant results and I think he's gone 3 games now and he without a win yeah, that, were, all, that comps. really hurt him uh, yeah. that um, de- Everton de- defeat one. against yeah. Everton twice
2: in a row they've lost in stoppage time isn't it yeah. they yeah. lost at Villa as well during that midweek round they set pieces as well really Are they it? do
1: you think they might be levelling out a little bit here because they they're obviously not as good as you thought they might be when he first came in and he's had the manager bounce you know they're just a little bit better organized Dela Fayo is is a lovely footballer but he's not consistent enough yeah, is he yeah. And same probably goes for Pereira. But they will press Brighton right from the very off. They did it against Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago to good effect. And and that may well cause Graham Potter a few problems.
2: Yeah, it's good news for you. They're struggling, isn't it? In terms of (laughs) keeping you out of the tattoo parlour at the end of the season.
1: What's this?
3: (laughs) What, what did you uh, bet or No,
1: this is what happened. This is, this is a private conversation, a WhatsApp group in which... Um, Nothing's private when you're talking to a journalist. Someone is uh, discussing about Watford and how they thought that they would stay up. And I said, mm, if they stay up, I'll get a tattoo of a hornet. Oh, no. So he went on the radio an hour later and broadcast this to the world. And now every time... Watford score a goal I get about 100 <laughs> tweets from Watford fans <laughs> suggesting tattoo parlours that I could frequent <laughs> and Wait, give them a where are you going to get it well I won't need to because they're going to get relegated to you must be right.
3: panicking slightly though at the minute but Wait, the first few games I was absolutely buzzing, bricking winning. it
1: Yeah, Look like they were going to finish top 10 to be yeah.
3: fair though it's a big game for Watford this because they've Huge. got some tough fixtures coming up United away Liverpool at home Palace away and Leicester at home are the next four after this so yeah. Sheffield it, United to come
2: yeah in answer to your question, I think it was inevitable they were going to level out, and and my fear for Watford always, um, and we've seen this in the past that if you give yourself so much of a bad start and you have to make up ground, it's really you bit. have to pick up yeah. points Pressure every that. week. Yeah, yeah. And so every game is a cup final.
3: Yeah,
2: and and I do you can't afford to have any slips, can you? No, and I do fear that that start is going to cost them. Um, Pearson's obviously had that new manager bounce, but in many ways, I think now we're going we're going to really see. A test of his managerial acumen when they're not getting the results.
1: You can't go through fixtures, and we have gone through fixtures. I mean, look at um, Brighton; they've got Leicester away, Sheffield United, Wolves all away from home. Liverpool, Man City, and Manchester United at home still to play some tough fixtures.
2: They'll beat United, and you
1: can't say they'll win this one or that one, or you can't guarantee that that's going to be the case. But it looks to me like the points total that's going to be required to stay in the division, which has recently and historically been very low, will actually be pretty high this season. I think you might need. 37, 38, the average over the last 10 years has been 35 and sometimes as low as 32.
3: Well, what was that you when West Ham went 42. down? 42. Yeah. But
1: that was, that, you're going total. back to the early 2000s yeah. now. Yeah. That I mean, that's 20 ago. years ago, yeah,
3: Danny. Yeah, but... Just, uh, it's, an, it's an omen. For, <laughs> it's an omen for West yeah, Ham. But it is, I think, it, but I, I think it, it possibly could be,
1: because yeah. they could still pick up another yeah. 15 points and still be relegated from the Premier
2: League. Yeah, I, I, Southampton are only on 31. Obviously, they've had a fantastic run, but yeah. again, it's but it's when they start losing it's it's games, so they can get sucked back in.
1: It's so yeah. close in the middle part of the Premier League, yeah. and it, that is a, a real worry. I'm sure yeah. it will be a, a real worry uh, for some of those teams at the bottom. We're not
2: allowed to call them six-pointers, by the way. Why? According to Dean Smith. Um, I asked him after the game at Bournemouth, you know, the fact that this is a six-pointer and you've got more to come between now and the end of the season. Will these games make the difference? And he said, well, you only get three points for a win. OK, mate, yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: OK, it's, Dean. It's, <laughs> it's, Cheers, mate. It's Dean, 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 it's the swing, isn't it? Because if you get three points, it means the other team have dropped three points. So add that together, that's six points. That's why it's a six-pointer. It's GCSE, math.
0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Premier League All-Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on talk sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18, plus, be gamble aware.org. T's and C's apply.
1: Oh, I'm really excited about this. It's our mid season Premier League quiz. Danny Gabardon, former Welsh international, Cardiff, Crystal Palace, and West Ham superstar, is here. Alex Crook, TalkSport South Coast reporter and commentator, is alongside us as well. It gets very, very competitive. (laughs) Very, very competitive. I'm on my
2: best behaviour.
1: And Andrew Butler, the chief of Dream Team FC, is here with all his wealth of knowledge and
2: statistical
1: prowess.
2: Hello, Howard. Hello. Yeah, very well, thank you. I heard the word quiz and I thought I'll I'll pop in for it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Fantastic. Okay, so it's pretty simple. We're not going to do this sort of like buzzer thing because Alex will end up breaking buzzers, making too much (laughs) noise. He's like a bull in a china shop. So it has to be controlled in order to manage his expectations. So I'll just start going round, asking question after question. At the end of it, we'll add up who got what right. And then the winner can get themselves a T-shirt, probably off the moose, which says Talk Sports Quizmaster or something like that. Or, you Not
3: know. a worn one, but a moose, I hope. hope it's fresh. Well,
1: there's only one person who'd get in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, OK, so here's the first question. We'll go to Danny first. Who scored the first goal of the Premier League this season? Oh, my... A pass. Alex?
2: Wow, I'm trying to think what the 12.30 would have been on the first day of the season. Oh. You, were, you were there.
1: That's your, that's your first mistake. Oh.
2: Ah, uh, you're no. out. Oh, no, it's oh. a Friday night. Who was the... I did the game. <laughs> what was the first game? It was Liverpool against Norwich. Wasn't the first goal an own goal? Grant Hanley, was it not?
1: Grant Hanley. Oh, that geez. is... Hang on a minute. The Commentators the advantage that no. <laughs> He's at the game. Point to Alex. <laughs> Which goalkeeper has considered the fewest goals in the Premier League so far this season? Which goalkeeper has conceded the uh, first Dean time. Henderson. Incorrect. Danny Gabadon?
3: Is it now Alison? Correct.
1: A point oh. for you. Who recently picked up the first point against Arsenal in ten attempts? Alex Crook. Burnley. Correct.
3: Oh, this guy's
1: just too good. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Butler. Which on loan goalkeeper has been in the employ of at least six clubs that have won the English league title? including Liverpool-Manchester City? Mm-hmm. I think this is the hardest question of the quiz. <laughs> I uh, rush you.
2: No, I'll just say um, Pepe Reina.
1: No. Danny Gabadon. <laughs> Who's played for six clubs that have won the English title?
3: He's got to be getting on slightly then.
1: Oh, he is. Um, All right, move it on.
3: Yeah,
2: go Alex? On. I've got two. Um, <laughs> we only want one answer. I think Rob Green's retired. Yeah. So, it's Scott Carson, is it? Correct. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah he,
1: he has played for Liverpool, <laughs> That's good. Manchester That's City, good. Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Villa and West Brom, all of whom have won the title at some point in their history. He's also played for Bursaspor in Turkey for a season.
3: I bow to your superior knowledge.
1: Um, okay, next question goes to Andrew Butler. Who is Tottenham's top Premier League goalscorer this season? Son Heung-min. Incorrect. Oh. Danny Gabadon.
3: You think the obvious, don't you? But that's why I don't want to say it. Who else has scored goals, Zoo? Oh, come on. I'll just say Harry Kane. Correct, despite oh. the fact that he hasn't played since January the 2nd.
1: Uh, name the two players that have been sent off twice this season in the Premier League.
2: Oh, Alex Crook. This might, this might undo me here. Ooh. Nah, you'll get this. Zinchenko? Nope. Do you have to get both? You can have a point for right, each if you want. Son Hyun min Yes, oh, that's one. Yeah, that. you're right. And,
1: and Andrew one. Butler, can you get me the other one? Plays for Watford. Oh, yeah.
2: I was thinking that. Um, right. No. <laughs> Lucky no, so he knows. No. That. No. Etienne Capoue. Etienne
1: Capoue. Nope. <laughs> It's not Etienne Capoue. Who are you going to go for, Danny?
3: Um... Christian Cabaselli Correct Oh nice Boom (laughs) Very good
1: Okay Crook This is an easy one who is the most booked player in the Premier League this season? Jefferson Lerma. of Bournemouth. Oh. 66 across the past four and a half seasons. Wow. Wowzers. 22 in his uh, Bournemouth career. He's only been there 18 Hold <laughs> on a minute.
3: He's, he's the South Coast correspondent <laughs> expert. It's, it's, how the of question,
1: it's how the question's <laughs> fall. Don't start getting competitive. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Andrew Butler. Uh, which current <laughs> Premier League player has scored 26% of his team's all-time Premier League goals? Look at look at Crook's smug face. Because <laughs> yeah, he knows that might give you a clue. Callum Wilson.
3: Nope. Oh no, that's thrown me now. Oh, I had in my head think... Sergio Aguero from the start, and then I thought, no, I can't. I'll pass it on. on.
1: Glen Murray. It is Glenn Murray. Twenty-six of the ninety-nine goals that Brighton have scored in the Premier League have come from him. Um, so on to uh, Andrew again. Uh, Alexander Zinchenko was the second Ukrainian international to be sent off in the Premier League when Manchester City lost at Spurs last week.
2: Who was the first? Come on. I know this as well. Ukrainian. Give up now.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to bully you.
3: Don't don't have it. First, first Ukrainian it to be sent off.
1: Andrei Shevchenko. Close, Ooh. but no cigar. Is that first close Ukrainian because he's from Ukraine <laughs> Do you want a clue? No.
3: He no. was an Arsenal off. player. Oh, I no. was going to say... Um, Oh, Oleg Luzny, that is, that is bang out of order. I was gonna was say Sir Guy, I was gonna that. say Reb Roth. You know. never have got I was that. in my head first, Reb Roth. <laughs> uh,
1: who is the top scorer in the Premier League for the lowest scorers in the Premier League? Andrew Baller. Wow,
2: oh, I know this. Is it
1: Jordan? Are Yeah, it is correct. Well done. Yes. Good A point is that your first point? Second, second, oh, okay. <laughs> Well I'm done. coming after you, guys. <laughs> Which team has fielded the youngest average age starting eleven in the Premier League this season? Mm.
3: This is big. This is a Now I have two things, two teams in my mind. Well, we only want one. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> um, now I'm thinking. I go with Leicester.
2: Nope. I'm going is... to say Manchester United. Correct.
3: Oh, oh his own team.
1: Okay, and this is the final question. So, got just get it right, Andrew. Danny, Danny, Danny's, Danny's got, Danny's got one right. point less than Alex. So, Andrew, that big, that if you big, get this wrong, it? this question goes to Danny. So, just yeah. get yeah. it right. If you get it right, then Alex wins the quiz. You know what to if do. If you get me. it right, can you we know just call do. it like seven points to me? How about that?
3: Just do what to you've who? been doing for most of the quiz and, and not get it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's got form it's going to come to you Dan <laughs> who is the oldest player to play in the Premier League this season
2: oh that's tough
3: oh I know who it is I think I know who it is yeah Did I it? think
2: um, oh come on Johnny Evans no, no. Johnny <laughs> <laughs>
3: 31 or something <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was thinking of Gareth McCauley yeah that wouldn't have been right either <laughs> he's like he's retired I think. Yeah, exactly he's that old he's retired oh,
3: like something popped into my mind said... straight away but I don't know if he's right Go okay
1: on. first of all I think it is worth pointing out that Johnny Evans <laughs> is 32
2: <laughs> you are so bad at quizzes <laughs> I'm yeah, that's, that's, older the, him, isn't he? that's well old compared to me <laughs>
3: um Pepe Reina <laughs> Is no,
2: it? is it not? No. Is it a goalkeeper? I don't think it is a goalkeeper. It is a goalkeeper. Oh, oh
3: okay. Uh, I, thought I was so right with that one. He's going to get it now.
2: You told me it's a goalie. Again, I've got two. Is it Willy Caballero? It is indeed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, can I just say I wrote down Willie Caballero he's, he's as an option? He's nicked it. He's nicked I don't know it. The job that was happens. like last
1: week as well. Big Willy is the answer. Thirty-eight years of age. He came into the team last Saturday and at the time he then became the oldest player play in the Premier League this season and I think the
2: oldest outfield would be Zabaleta, wouldn't it probably but mm. I didn't do that research thank
1: you very much great <laughs>
2: quiz everybody well brilliant done. Well, well done, done Alex. Alex well done Andrew Alex. well done for being yeah, here showing up
3: <laughs> making the numbers up that was like the title race last season that
2: <laughs> if I'd lost to Oleg Luzni I'd have been fuming <laughs>
1: Two teams going in different directions at Goodison Park. Everton seem to have responded well to Carlo Ancelotti, whereas Crystal Palace look a little bit thin on the ground. And despite picking up that draw at City, they've had a few injuries and up and down form over the course of the Christmas period. Uh, Everton unbeaten in their last six at home. What would you expect the outcome to be, Danny?
3: I can't see Palace getting anything. The, The form they're kind of in at the minute, lack of goals. Everton buoyed by that comeback, obviously, um, but to be fair, their last home game, they drew 2-2 on Newcastle, didn't they? They, they come back.
1: They were 2-0 up going into yeah, stoppage time. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and somehow managed to kind of not win the game. But um, I think they're going in the right direction under Ancelotti. Um, you, you
1: wouldn't leave an Everton game right now? No. B- before the final whistle, no, Well they you? certainly
3: <laughs> picked up attacking-wise. They're scoring more goals, again, more shots on target. All those kind of stats are up yeah. under the new manager. Yeah. Um, Calvert-Lewin is a man in form. He's got 10 goals in the Premier League now, which is, I find kind of astounding. I never thought I'd see him actually 12 goals that. all season,
1: seven goals in his last 12 games. Yeah. Would you
3: like to, to mark him? Um, I wouldn't actually, know. I wouldn't be worried about him you know, scoring a hat-trick, but you just know he's going to run the channels, he's going to like the physical side of the game, he's just going to make things difficult for you. If the ball goes in the channel, you Very know good in the air Yeah, well. he's good in the air, he's quick, and you just know he's he's going to be at it for 90 plus minutes so and it used to be where obviously he was doing a lot of the work and you're thinking maybe he needs a partner alongside him then who's going to get around the box and score but I think under Ancelotti he's doing a bit more well less work I would say and, and getting into those goal scoring positions.
1: Just talk to me about Palace they don't mind soaking up playing on the <laughs> counter that sort of works with Z- Zaha and IU. Um can Everton con- contain them?
2: They're very good at staying in games, Palace, whenever I've seen them this season. They don't really get steamrolled by anybody. They've scored a lot of late goals. They they tend to come good in the second half, which which suggests their fitness levels are very good. But there's quite a few Palace fans working in the media, actually, and, and just meeting them in various press rooms over the course of the last couple of weeks, that there is genuine concern they're going to get sucked into danger because they didn't... Really Well, they didn't do anything, did they, in the transfer window? I think no, uh, two days really before anything. the window, Roy was saying, we want a minimum of two, maybe three players in. Obviously, they went for Carrasco, which was a deal that was never going to happen because <laughs> he was on huge money in China. Then they went for Jarrah Bowen. Obviously, he ended up at West Ham, I think, because Palace couldn't match the wages. Uh, and they were sniffing around Jordan Ibe in the final hours of the transfer deadline. So they've gone from Carrasco to Bowen to Ibe. Yeah, nice. uh, this is Jordan Ibe, who turned up at an under-23s game, and he's Bentley convertible the other week and had to park it on the muddy grass at Limington New Milton or somewhere because there was not enough room in the car park so (laughs) uh, I mean they were scraping the barrel there obviously they did bring in Tosin Um, not sure he's going to score the number of goals that they're going to need I think if there is one team who are going to be sucked into trouble who looks safe it could well be Palace one win (sighs)
1: in 11 for them as well and 30 points so far Um, this season. They've got a massive game against Brighton upcoming at the end of uh, of February. Liverpool away from home, Leicester away from home, Wolves away from home, Tottenham, Manchester United and Chelsea still to play at Selhurst Park. It's grim reading for Roy Hodgson.
3: Well, they're close to conceding less goals than they've scored <laughs> they've scored 18 and they've conceded 23 that says it all but as alex said they they do kind of keep themselves in games and you never see them really go 2 or 3 behind and you know they've heavily reliant then on on wilfer to do something or Andre, who, who's be jordan so who's been very good for them um i feel sorry for roy because i think i thought he deserved to get a couple of players in the window he deserved for palace to Throw a bit of money at it, um, I and think give he's him really what he frustrated. needed. Yeah, he must be because he's he's the squad's limited. David Connolly
1: suggested that uh, the relationship between him and the sporting director Doogie Freeman might not be mm. as, as, as harmonious be. as mm. we maybe first thought, and that Roy, who's been sort of very much talking up the role of Doogie Freeman, was actually doing that to put pressure upon him to deliver,
2: mm. and clearly he hasn't because he's quite old school. Roy's and he? he's been in the game a long time. Obviously, he's the oldest manager in the Premier League, and. I think he thinks it's the manager's job to sign players obviously at, in Palace's case as is with most modern clubs now it's Doogie Friedman and as you say I think by highlighting that role he's yeah. almost telling the fans Look, don't blame me blame uh, this guy he's,
3: he's Parrish's mate though isn't he he's Parrish's mate Dougie Friedman basically that's one of the reasons why he's in that role and I think Roy Hodgson's probably thinking well are you capable of doing the job and getting the players in that I want. I think obviously there's been rumours about the owners wanting to kind of sell up as well. Maybe that's why the money hasn't been available to the manager. But what he's, he's, I think he'll, they'll get enough results just of the way they set up organisation-wise. Under
1: They would have got a lot more money and may well end up still getting a lot more money if they sold Wilfred's Zaha. Uh-huh. You know him well. Um, yeah. Lots of discussion about his future. Why has he not moved on? Do you think he wants to move on? Would yeah, you advise him he's to move desperate on? desperate
3: to move on, Wilf. I think you know, he was desperate in the, in the summer. I think he's been desperate in in the window, just gone to move on, but you know Palace have killed him in a way because they outpriced him. They wanted too much money for him. Um, I don't think many teams yeah, are willing did, to.
1: Did his agent outprice him actually by making him sign that ridiculous contract 18 months ago?
3: Yeah, you could look at it that way as well. If you do that, then obviously Palace can demand more money. But then on the flip side, as a player, then. But you're earning more money as well so 18 months <clears> ago <throat> he
1: gets this five year mm. contract despite the fact there's a lot of speculation about him leaving surely if you're the agent in that situation don't you negotiate actually look, look we'll take a new five year contract but only to guarantee you the money that we that you're going to get when you sell yeah. him on I, so therefore let's agree a price yeah. let's put that in the contract as a buyout clause let's come to a sensible arrangement about it. and if it's not acceptable mm. to you and you think that that's too high then you don't sign the contract
3: yeah, I think that's probably where the mistake has been made between Wilf and his agent where if you're going to sign the contract, knowing that you're still desperate to leave um, and Palace can command a certain, a better figure with you doing that, you take the extra money, but you put something in there, a realistic kind of fee that you know a club might come in and pay. Not doing that has allowed Palace to just price him out of the market and he hasn't got the move he wants. And I know what Wilf's like a little bit as well. If things are not right in his head mentally and stuff, he's not happy about something and you don't tend to get him playing at 110% then either so that's the way for me him still being at Palace will he play to the levels that he's capable of if he if he's not happy still being there
2: I don't think he he's a top 4 fit. player but, uh-huh. but you have to look at how Palace million. play as
3: well it's difficult for Wilf to, yeah,
2: to play to in that Palace in.
3: team as well you have to factor that in
2: yeah. well what's your view? Um, my if you view, had the casting vote here's £60 million Danny would buy Wilf Saha I wouldn't You're the sporting director of Manchester City Would you pay £60 million for Wilf Saha? Not Zaha? At Manchester City
1: but I might buy him at Chelsea mm. Again Or Everton Europa League Really? Who's playing the <laughs> Europa League this season? <laughs> Which, I think if i remember right Chelsea did win the Europa League last they year They did we, Will Manchester United win the Europa League this year? Possibly oh, We'll see <laughs> um, This game by the way because the Palace golly, against Everton Oh, we haven't talked about that. We should really touch on that at some point. Igarlo, happy?
2: <laughs> Stop laughing. Um, again, I was doing the Deadline Day coverage. When I first heard they were in for Igarlo, I thought, are you actually having a laugh? The more I look at it with a cold got, light got, of day...
1: Because sh- these things aren't private. Should I read you <laughs> what you said when you thought... Oh, this, that, is, go- this that, is gold. This that is that is Igarlo be gold. was coming into the team. Do you want?
2: Do you, do you want? There's <laughs> a lot of swearing on this. I was going to say you might have to bleep this bit.
1: So first of all, on Friday morning at eight twelve, I've texted our little group, which says two two words and two different messages. Josh King. The response was from Crook. One I made up ages ago was an obvious link
2: with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. (laughs) Can't believe they're actually trying to do it. (laughs) Uh, I can see it now. Carrington, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's picked up the Daily Star and thought that's a good idea. I might go for Josh King. (laughs)
1: Then at five oh six on deadline day, this is the quote United are actually trying to sign Igalo. F my life. (laughs) Response from <laughs> other Manchester United fan. Please tell me you're joking. Surely they'd be better just giving Tahith Chong minutes. I don't Alex, agree with that. Alex no. Crook. Probably won't happen due to the deadline day being so close, but this is the only one they're now pursuing. Response from other Manchester United fan. Igalo's agent. Clap, 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 clap.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so listen, they were my initial views. Um, I think it makes Ed Woodward look a bit of a fool because he was trying to tell anyone who would listen they've got this strategic approach now, the transfers. Well, clearly they haven't because they just signed the first bloke who was available. But he's taken a pay cut to play for his boyhood club or the team he followed since he was a boy. His family actually already live in Manchester, his wife and children, I didn't realise that. They already live in Manchester. If he, cool gets place the, to live. if he gets the goals that take United from the Europa League into the Champions League... It's going to work out well, okay. A- if he doesn't, we can laugh, but actually anybody, it's not that. It's not that much of a financial issue, is it? Anybody
3: that comes from China's taking a pick-up for stars. But you know what? At least you'll play as a striker. You'll play front. Yeah, you at front. Yeah, at you Martial. Get rid of you watch Martial and he's everywhere, but And I did also
1: see him posing role. with his uh, new Igalo 25 uh, Manchester United jersey, and he smiled, so that's already an oh, upgrade he's, on he's Martial. Yeah, Honestly,
2: Martial yeah. has been so poor and he's had so many opportunities mm. now to prove he can be that... Number nine. He's not a number nine. No. He's not a number ten. He's not number eleven. I don't know what he is. No. So if if, if <laughs> comes in, I think he will be more effective yeah. in that Manchester United team than Marseille. I, I don't
3: know what he's like three years on after you know kind of playing in China, but on his day, he is his
2: goal records. He's very a good.
3: handful. He's a he's a handful as a player. So and someone who's going to be delighted to be there, not believe this is actually happening. He's
1: absolutely to him. made up oh. Oh. to be there.
3: He's um, yeah.
1: Can't believe it was made up initially, I'm sure.
3: (laughs) 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 He didn't think it could get any better, did he?
1: I went to Bournemouth last week for the Arsenal game but I spent a bit of time chatting with some of the Bournemouth people behind the scenes and their sole focus was winning the game against Aston Villa on Saturday quite rightly so and they ultimately did that and that's back-to-back Premier League wins for the first time since September and what chance is it that they'll make it through, Danny Gabardon?
3: You just you never know with Bournemouth do you they're so kind of topsy-turvy you, you kind of thought maybe this was coming because it is what Bournemouth do they are streaky Um I was worrying a little bit more for them with the man of the losses in recent weeks. You know, pressure mounting a little bit on Eddie. But to be fair, you know, the, the last, they've had was it three home games on on the banks, is
2: it? In all competitions, In all, competitions, uh, in all competitions, comps, playing in the, um, obviously the uh, Arsenal game
3: didn't go their way, but you know, he's got a reaction from his players. Slight like changes system, I think, as well.
2: Maybe. Well, he changed the system actually halfway through the yeah.
1: uh, Bournemouth game after about thirty-five. Uh, the Arsenal game, sorry. Um, after about 35 minutes he tweaked it because he was getting done all over the place and he just had a little tactical switch went to a more conventional formation which they're used to playing and as a result of that got less sort of done in midfield more joy going forward created a few more chances still didn't take them though Uh, but obviously they did in in their next game against Aston Villa and the fact that they got through with the, the idea of a bit of spirit and a bit of desire. Yeah. I mean, they've done it by changing stuff up. They, the walk music has changed. The music in the dressing room has changed. Anything to get an advantage. I was also told that the spirit they showed with that 10 men was akin to what they showed in their championship-winning season. And that togetherness is required, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, for the first 45 minutes on Saturday, they were absolutely superb. They played Villa off the park. It was the best they've played all season. Obviously, Jefferson Lerma then gets himself sent off. Maybe a bit harsh, but yeah, you know, you're know you not unlucky harsh, if you've fought 60-odd times mm, uh, no, over the last two or three seasons. So, difficult to have too much sympathy for him. But as you say, then it was about digging in, backs to the wall. Uh, Simon Francis, a player I've been very critical of, was superb at both ends of the field, preferred to Steve Cook at centre-half, mm. which I thought was an He's interesting been change. he a bit
3: of a bad time, though, Steve Cook. Yeah. Individual Since Sam stuff, touted yeah.
2: him for England.
1: Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what happened was, is that Ali- <laughs> <laughs> Alex wrote an article in the paper about him playing for England and as a result of that I went and wow. asked him the question since then he's made error after error after error That should
3: be another tattoo somewhere <laughs> on your body for a saying
1: co-
2: that co- Cookie for oh England but you know the one player and he's an unsung hero who really makes them tick Dan Gosling in midfield Yes, mm. when he plays in midfield they are a much better team. They're more dynamic. He's a better passer of the ball than Messers, Lerma and Billing. He puts a shift in. He works really hard. He gets up and down very yeah. well, doesn't does.
1: he? Am I right in saying... Is he the, in the golden school- goose, then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Gosling's the golden goose. You know what oh, you're going to get
3: with him, didn't he? I think yeah. you need that as a manager when you're in that situation. He's always going to lay you an egg. Players... <laughs> 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 Players that you can rely on. You know they're going to carry out your kind of orders. You know, Lerner is a good player, but... You know, if he's going to get sent off and things like that, then (laughs) yeah, it doesn't help. But am I right in saying they've only scored 17 goals, Bournemouth, this season? Over the course of the season. Which I found astounding, really, because I think you always associate Bournemouth with high-scoring kind of games. And I think they're averaging less than one goal a game this season obviously you know goals has been a big issue for well, them that's,
2: 25 that's because Callum stopped scoring and yeah. and Ryan Fraser has been yeah. honest and admit, Josh King has honest been enough to injured. admit that he's pretty much down tools for the first yeah. half of the season but he was brilliant buzzing around Fraser at the weekend so if, if, if they can maintain that level of performance with the spirit and character thrown in I think they've got a great chance
1: and you spoke to Aaron Ramsdale
2: I did It was great, actually, (laughs) uh, because you're so close to the uh, dressing rooms there. Literally, um, Dean Smith was actually conducting his post-match radio interviews pretty much outside outside the dressing room. And all you could hear in the background was the Bournemouth players bouncing up and down (laughs) and, and singing what I later learned from Ramsdale was their winning song. I've had it in my head ever since.
0: Free yeah. from desire. Well, it's the
2: same <laughs> one that da, they used for,
1: for Will Grigg, isn't it? Yeah, Will yeah, yeah, Grigg's is, is yeah, on fire yeah. Yeah. and everybody else is on yeah. fire as a result of that. But, yeah, you look, ultimately you can tell the spirit amongst the group seems to be improving. And I think, obviously, the fact they've got so many of their players who were injured coming back into the team is obviously going to help them. Sheffield United, they've lost five games at home already this season, but they don't actually lose... Many matches, do they? They're very good away from home. At home, they've been a bit more vulnerable. But the centre-backs are the stars of the show. And the goalie is the star of the show as well because he's got nine clean sheets in 24 appearances. That is pretty
3: sensational. Um, Manchester United's best goalies is on loan. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's probably the best bit of business that Chris Welder did in the summer, getting Dean Henderson back. Obviously played a big part in getting them to the Premier League um, and has carried on that that good form um, I think the business that they've done in the window is up there with the best of any team in the Premier League as well Sander Berge coming in is a fantastic player um, they got Zivkovic in didn't they attacking player and got Restos in as well as a centre half so um, I think they're looking at it thinking look guys let's qualify for Europe we can do this yeah. You know the way the league's going teams dropping points let's spend a bit of cash now, um, improve the squad and let's kick on and actually try and qualify for for European position. a bit difficult game
1: for, for, for Bournemouth but we mentioned the two goalkeepers Ramsdale and Henderson. We talked about people who might get into the England squad for the March internationals. Obviously Henderson and Ramsdale have got to be contenders haven't they?
2: Yeah absolutely. I mean I think probably Henderson it would be perceived to be further ahead than Ramsdale at this stage um, just because of course he did it in the championship last season. This is Ramsdale's first season in the Bournemouth first team but he's been their Player of the Year and he's got such uh, enthusiasm he's got such a a wonderful character I think that's going to play a big part for them between now and the end of the season but it's Mrs Wilder that I feel sorry for actually because (laughs) (laughs) his wedding anniversary Chris Wilder elaborate is on January the 31st so he he told me at the start of the season he said I'll never forget Aaron Aaron Ramsdale because I sold him on my wedding anniversary to Bournemouth and uh, obviously most years the transfer deadline closes on January 31st so I'd imagine it's always a de- depressing a, a dinner uh, yeah. for, for, for Mrs Wilder Why did they sell him? Um, they needed the money at the time um, and I think also Chris Wilder felt that he couldn't stand in his way obviously I think they were in League One Club at the time when they sold him to Bournemouth chance to go and join a Premier League club and He's firmly established himself now as the number one. I was talking to him about this game.
1: Been a brief spell last year on loan, didn't he, away at Wimbledon, is that right?
2: Yeah, and I've talked to him about that in the past and he said that was the making of him. Uh, Coming up against people at Adebayo, Akin and getting bashed about and I think James Hansen was there, used to knocking about in training. He he had to wash his own kit. Uh, and He said that really prepared him for, for, for life as a Premier League player. It gave him a different... Sounds like the same knives you
1: go and do for a couple of weeks. Well,
2: I think he might have to at the end of the season. (laughs) Uh, But he said it gave him a great perspective. And I spoke also to Wally Downs for a feature I wrote about Ramsdale early in the season. And he described him as an alpha male, a throwback, um, an old school sort of footballer, not pampered like many Premier League players. Not something
1: you expect from someone who's so young.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But he's very confident, doesn't take himself too seriously. He, He turned up for the Tranmere player final when one of his mates was playing dressed as a Teletubby in the crowd so he's, as I say he's got a wonderful way with him and I think it's great because you speak to him in interviews and he speaks from the heart and again for one so young you don't expect that there's no media training at all it's brilliant from a journalistic point of view Gentlemen thank you very much great
1: uh, pod today appreciate it well, congratulations to Crook who goes home with our special prize uh, which is a signed moose t-shirt knew
2: um, no, I should let Danny win
1: game day has <laughs> two live it, games this weekend uh, there's only four 12.30 on Talk Sport this Saturday it's Everson against Crystal Palace followed by uh, Brighton against Watford at 5.30 we'll be back next week with the rest of the teams who are resting up in heavenly surroundings getting back into the groove meanwhile the verdict and the record book will keep you through the weekend
3: That was a game day Premier League preview show, a TalkSport exclusive
0: podcast. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on TalkSport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labbrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.